0: Welcome to Thinking Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly.
1: Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website, Lives. Abundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth,
0: and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for for a better better global global society.
2: Society. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. And we're turning on the video today, Um, so go check it out on our YouTube channel, it's Leaves Abundantly with an exclamation mark. L I B S abundantly, uh, I think L I B S space abundantly with an exclamation mark. So let's put a face to the voice, or perhaps faces to the voices. <laughs> I am Nifabi Ogutoye. Welcome aboard. I'm joined by actor, filmmaker Peter Amand Boyo, executive director lead Abundantly, Dr. Amma, and Miss Sotomayor of Paternity Issues joins us live from london hello guys how are you today hello
3: Hello. glad to be here
0: very well thank you uh nifemi you said hello guys the ladies here guys is for males there's some females (laughs) hello ladies and
2: guys (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my i forgot that dr Amma is online i mean i know she was going to correct that Apologies. So, Mr. Boyo shared a post with us earlier, uh, and I'm just going to read it for you because um, that's going to form the crux of our conversation on this episode. Um, this anonymous writer says, "The woman bring the woman bring sex and men bring money, is extremely outdated and actually a patriarchal trick. Men without money lean onto. Truth is." A majority of African homes are headed by women. Women are too ashamed to admit how much financial weight the pool. That's why the narrative stands. So I agree to this writer to an extent that women are ashamed to acknowledge, you know, the reality of the financial weight they're bringing into the modern family. I think society isn't also doing justice to this truth. But I do not agree. So I want to bell the cats now and quickly play the devil's advocate before the ladies have a chance. I do not agree that majority of African homes are headed by women. I think a more accurate thing to have said is that um, there is no doubt an apparent rise in female breadwinners around the world you know as a matter of fact they say the proportion of female breadwinners is steadily rising and i'm going to prove it to you guys so i stumbled on two researches one is from the uk and the other from south africa this one says women out earned male partners in almost a quarter of households up from a fifth 16 years ago and that's according to office for national statistics on behalf of royal london the other one is from south africa nearly 38 percent households in south africa are headed by women that largely or solely support the home financially as breadwinners and that amounts to nearly 6.1 million homes in which women are primary breadwinners unfortunately they say that this trend is going to be knocked off by the effect of coronavirus pandemic Dr. Ahmad shared with us in time past how women are more affected by, you know, the lockdown and the rest of the things we experienced in 2020. So there is no doubt that there's a shift in the traditional earning dynamic between couples. And what the speakers are revealing is that the common assumptions that we usually would have that male partners at the higher end as it's becoming outdated. So let's begin. Oh, I should also add this, that as we speak now, there are eight Female MD's leading Nigerian banks from GTB to Fidelity. I see that Ama smiling. It's big news for the women folk. And you know, quite a number of things are happening in that um, sector. And that is being considered a major paradigm shy. I mean, paradigm shift. And indeed, women are, you know, just literally shattering the proverbial glass. Uh, the proverbial glass ceiling. Let's begin with Ms. Shotimino. So it's often assumed that men will make more money and be in charge of the finances while women will rule the domestic domain. Why do you think we're seeing a change in that narrative these days?
4: Thank you, Nifemi. I, I actually um I I'm also a historian. So although it's education history, um I'm I'm also very interested in um the history of feminism, obviously, you know, Um, I don't think there is a change. I think um, it's always been the case that um, even with pre-colonial African women were never, never confined to the kitchen. Uh, This idea that, you know, the women are confined to the domestic chores or to the kitchen. I I think it's something that has been um, brought by as a form of um, subjugation, to be honest. Because when I think of the Abba women, when I think of you know very popular, very well-known women in history in Africa, you know in Nigeria, um, they were clearly not confined to the kitchen. And of course, many of these women were brought to the limelight uh, during the colonial times as well. Um, I think the situation is—I I, I keep going back to this—the religiosity. <laughs> um, I think with Christianity, for example, there's a misuse of the word submission. There's a mis use mistranslation of what the word submission means so therefore some women believe that submission means being forced to or be accepting to be confined to the kitchen or the other room you know Um, but in reality it, it says even in you know religious texts that you know you're supposed to help one another and i think in good faith i think nigerian women are helping the households in more ways than can be explained and I totally agree with Mr. Boyo's, um, <laughs> the point he shared. Um, as a woman, I, of course, I know many women um, that are contributing more than their fair share, more than half to the running of their households. Um, and it's also, I, when I was younger, I actually wrote a paper called the e- Economic Analysis of Women's Work. Um, this was my first year mm. in university, where I wrote that women's work needed to be uh, monetized, you know, it um, mm. needs to be monetized, women's work. At this point, I wrote the paper because I wanted to justify teaching as being women's work that needed to be paid highly, because without teachers, we wouldn't have very intelligent students at university, at school and things like that so i'm all for mr Boyer's. um i I totally agree nifemi i totally disagree with what you believe
2: (laughs) (laughs) but the statistics do not lie as we speak mr tomato men earn more than women i understand the changing dynamics that you're talking about as we speak now unlike what it used to be where in the you know recent african history where the man goes to the farm the woman stays back at home you know caters to the harvest and the children uh the dynamic is changing which i totally agree that um, both the man uh, in this case the husband and the wife you know contribute to the progress of the family but i'm talking statistics here that may still end than women. i think don't you agree
4: with that with the idea as i said of submission the word submission Um, in a household where a woman for i'll just give some random figures earns 10 million a year and her husband earns 1 million a year i don't think if the woman was buying into the culture of submissiveness wrongly used she wouldn't admit that she would cover her husband's shame right and she wouldn't admit that so i don't know where the statistics are coming from Because if we go down in the social, um, if we go down the social classes, where you find a woman carrying a baby, pregnant, with a tray on her head, selling tomatoes, she's working much harder. What would make a woman do that? It can't be boredom. It must be because she has to do that. So the reality is, I... If we're talking about um,
0: women women on
4: their own, if we're going to separate that from women who are in relationships or marriages, I I think that there's something wrong with the statistics, to be honest. I don't think the statistics... All right.
2: right. Maybe we'll be counting on you to do a research and come up with figures first. (laughs)
4: Let's bring
2: in Dr. Abba. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring in Dr. Abba on this one. So um, I think we talked uh, about... Um, the, the protest in America and about the legislation when certain female footballers were agreed that they were doing the same job like the guys, but they were being paid less. And that's the reality in our world as we speak right now. Though things are getting better. I mentioned, you know, the, when I have eight female MDs out of about 23 leading banks in the country. But I think that from a statistics point of view, I think men still earn more than women, but that gap is being breached very fast. But Dr. Ama, talk to us about the implication of this, um, the, the impact on gender role that this new development is having. You know, prior to this time, there is this rule, there's this behavior that we used to think is appropriate for a particular gender. And it's uh, determined prevalently by, you know, the norms and culture. The fact that oh, it is the man who does the work. It's the man who comes home with the money. is the man who pays the bills. If I, yes, that is fast changing, Ntshemba.
0: Well, Nifemi, thank you very much for um, posing that question. And I have sort of smiled as Miss um, you know, Abby has been responding to your question. There's so many factors that have been raised through the discussion thus far. The first one is that women's work is not monetarized. Women's work, the work that women do outside of the workplace is not monetarized. And I do believe, as Ms. Abby has asserted, that if women's work was monetarized, women will clearly make more money because the amount of time that women spend working Within the home or doing things within the family is unpaid work, whether it's taking care of the children, the in laws, and all the other factors that make you a woman in the role of mother and wife or mother or in law is not monetized. So there is already a disparity right there. Now, we are certainly aware of the gender gap in pain, you know, the pay pay gap between men and women. And it's one of the issues that we're all working to um, eliminate because if you're doing the same work with the same skills, then you should earn the same amount of money. But there is a bias against women and we've known that, which is why we strive for equality and equity in pay. And um, even with that, the issue that that message or that comment made was really about women being breadwinners in the family, the primary breadwinners. And I want to come back to that because um, Miss Abby actually used the word of shame, and it's true. There's a lot of secrecy in families as to who is actually the higher income earner. And in many cases, because of the cultural norms that state that the man should be the breadwinner, many women silently continue to support the household where the men are not working or they're not earning enough to maintain the lifestyle that they have um, instituted within their homes. So it is not unusual to find out that many women are picking up the school fees or their children or paying the mortgages or all of those things. The difference is, on the African continent, these gender roles that are um, culturally defined and reinforced by religion make it difficult for women to openly admit that they're earning more than their spouses. And the men, because of denial of the situation, sort of work very hard to dumb down the earning capacity or the earning ability of their spouses because of this idea that the, men is, the man is the head of the family and the man makes all decisions. What happens is you create a disparity amongst your children where they don't understand how it is that you can specify certain roles for male and female, yet the mother is taken on the responsibility that is culturally and religiously defined as the man's role. So it leads to all sorts of issues within the family dynamics. But the issue here is why is it that women continue to earn in secrecy more than their spouses? And why is it that men are in denial about the fact that the woman is carrying the household? And another factor that actually comes up is, what is the result of this within the family dynamics? So I'm going to stop there because, you know, I want to allow others to speak. But if you want to speak about research, there is a document and there is an article in the journal. I'm going to pull it up because I've read it and there's a journal of Asian and African studies and it really does focus on this issue of women being breadwinners. It's called changing but fragile female and it was published in 2019. So we're beginning to vocalize that the dynamics in families have changed that women are the pr- primary breadwinner in industrial nations it is a well-known fact and in many cases couples will decide that if the woman is the primary breadwinner that she should continue to work and the husband will stay home and take care of the household in african <laughs> families the woman goes to work the and the man pretends that he is the breadwinner and the woman for the need and the want of conforming to the culture will pretend that it is her husband who is the primary breadwinner but people know the difference and people are well. I stop at that point so the others can have a chance. Thank you.
2: Interesting, Dr. Emma. Mr. Boyo, what's the problem with men? I mean, what is wrong in a woman earning more? I understand that in the traditional family setting, whether it's the husband, the wife, and children, someone is expected to take the leadership role. The fact that the woman is the breadwinner, does it automatically make her the leader of that family? what, What do you think is the concern for men?
3: Um, first of all, when I saw that post, I had skipped it, and then it just clicked in my head, and I went back, and I looked at it, and I said, hmm, this goes on every day, and this is happening in a lot of homes, but nobody's talking about it because of this uh, culture that men are the leaders and men are the breadwinners, but in, in, in fact, there's a lot of homes where the woman is the bread, sole breadwinner because of maybe lost of jobs or sickness or whatever you want to call it or just pure laziness or um, the business is not going right or whatever but I think the words you said now leadership is the most important because when um, for instance a woman is the breadwinner The guys, especially in this part of the world where it's more of a male-dominated society, they feel that that leadership has been taken by the partner because money talks in our society. You know that. So the more money you have, the louder your voice is. And I think there's that um, lack of confidence or lack of whatever you want to call it, that the men feel that the woman now has a right... Not that they don't have the rights, but I'm just saying, I'm just, like you said, playing the devil's advocate, thinking now she's the breadwinner. She can control me. I can't talk to her because she feels she's more superior. So there's that mentality that that we need to lose. And I've, I never really thought about it, but the post um, ignited something in me that this does happen and people are really ashamed to speak out or to let it be known. I don't see anything wrong in who's earning more, but it's happening, and I've I noticed um, a few examples where the wife or the female partner is the sole breadwinner, but on the outside, you would never know this. She still brings home her wages, gives it to her husband, and then he dishes out the funds for Whatever reason for food for household chores for whatever. So there's this game. Is
2: there anything wrong in that arrangement?
3: I don't know, but it's it's funny. (laughs) I mean, it depends on the arrangement. (laughs) Okay, my personal experience when I was growing up, my mom worked and my dad worked, so I've always known that both um, mom and dad worked. But it's not the case in every situation. There are cases where just the wife is working. And then there's also the negative side. Like, I recently found out about a case of abuse because the guy feels inadequate. He feels the wife is not a good mother because she goes out to work. And he he feels, and there was physical abuse. This I, I just experienced, I just spoke to someone recently about it. And I was like, how she's helping the family she's doing all these things for the family so how is that like wrong so there's that aspect too that the guy feels inadequate and he starts to abuse his wife for no reason maybe he's i don't know what the reason is for abuse but there's also that and then there's the family issue oh your wife is working and you're not also she wears the pants in the family so there's a lot Going on, and it's a lot of dialogue, and I'm happy that I saw that post because it brought out thoughts that I've never even considered. So, interesting. Like, interesting. The question Mr. Boyle. was saying, mm. I think the leadership, and yeah, that leadership, they feel they've lost their their power.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, be sure to me though. Um, every family <laughs> needs problem. leadership. Uh, th- but does yeah, the leadership I, I automatically to. Yeah. go to the breadwinner or the individual who has the capacity to provide? What are your thoughts about
4: this? Thank you, Nifemi. Uh, so, um, the idea is that you can't have two captains on a ship. Absolutely. You actually can. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, I believe that two people can partner very well and lead a household very well. Um, Marriage, coupling, partnership, really shouldn't be based on money. Shouldn't be based on financial reasons. Um, A a man who's got a very successful wife should be very proud of her, as I'm sure Kamala Harris's husband is very proud of her. Um, It shouldn't be a situation where it becomes a competition. It should be a partnership where two people bring their best to the union. So whether it's the female bringing in all the money or most of the money, and the man bringing in his maybe level of organization, um, world wisdom, whatever it is. Um, I, I actually feel there's undue pressure on men um, brought about by this, the man has to be the leader, uh, you know. the man has to be the breadwinner, there's undue pressure. And that probably results, it has resulted in the number of, you know, alcoholic men. I'm not saying women don't become alcoholics, you know, going to beer parlor palo after work, you know, going to this. I have to put money down for food. If I don't put money down for food, the children will not eat. You know, there's so much pressure um, put on the men. So it causes anger. It causes um, aggression of all sorts, apart from anger. Um, I don't know, adultery, (laughs) all sorts, physical violence, because there's too much pressure because of what the society expects of men. So why not go into a partnership where, you know, you don't have to put the money on the table. You just be there for the kids whilst I'm a nurse and I work at night. There needs to be a change in the dynamics. Uh, I think that's what's needed.
0: You have been listening to Thinking Reimagined.
4: Changing
1: the mindset for a better global society.
2: You know, I I think that there are different ways to look at this, yeah? Unfortunately, we've seen cases of abuse, like Mr. Boyu said, where a man who doesn't even bring anything to the table now begins to you know, act like commander-in-chief because he's the husband, whereas it's the woman bringing all the money. But I also think that there's a sense of responsibility that every man must have or that many of us have, have been raised to have. I mean, there's a positive part to it where you do all you can to ensure that your family is protected. You see it as your job, your number one priority. And um, I mean, you call it pressure, but I don't think it is bad. I After think- all, at the end of the day, it makes you a better person.
4: Yes, for you, Nifemi, it's probably not uh, pressure because you, you're doing very well. Yes, but for a lot of men who are maybe finding it hard to climb their you know, career ladders, um it could lead to all this and the expectations of the society so of course it's very good for a man to have a sense of responsibility but a woman should also have a sense of responsibility you know in the way she carries herself with the man in the way he behaves Absolutely. i don't think it should be a, a one person uh, situation where the man has to provide for every single thing to be honest i think if that is possible if that is the situation then it's fine to have a homemaker as a wife. I don't like the work, the word housewife. It's fine to have a homemaker. If the woman chooses not to work because and they can afford for her not to work, this is all well and good. But if they cannot afford for her not to work, there is no reason, Mr. Boyer, for her to hand over her paycheck uh, to our family for powder or slippers or whatever she might need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know there's nothing wrong in see
2: you may not agree with me there's nothing wrong in a woman working and giving the paycheck to the husband after all i work
4: on so bus- her money
2: no 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 just hear just hear this now i i work my wife works, but my wife my wife is the financial manager she knows what i am she's the one who spends who spends the money, so who says it kind of happened the other way around?
4: No, I'm not saying there shouldn't be joint accounts, I'm saying you've done all this work, and then he's going to give you money for transport to go to work right from that paycheck, he's going to hand you your traveling money, your toiletries money. Um, I think Dr. Amma is in a better position to uh, blast the situation, <laughs> to be honest.
3: <laughs> but, but I just want to add something okay. real quick to what, um. So to me said, this um, pressure thing I, I believe there's a lot of pressure yeah. on African mm-hmm. men or men in general to be the breadwinner and to take responsibility and I think it starts from the wedding when you have this big lavish wedding that you borrowed your pension to do and then you have to keep up that lifestyle and you don't have a job it becomes um a lot of pressure on you to keep up that lifestyle to keep up appearances and when you don't have a job and your wife is the sole breadwinner there's a lot of pressure on you so sometimes too so i blame the wedding i don't know if this has anything to do with it but appearances so that's just the little bits i wanted to add that pressure
2: Mr. the list, the list they give you, you know, you want to marry a woman, they give you a list to bring. You're bringing 10 millionaires dowry and all of that. <laughs> let's let's bring Dr. Ama into this conversation. I want to hear our opinion. Yes. But I want you right. to help us guide um, this conversation and steer it towards the kind of respect uh, that should be accorded a woman who takes up that breadwinner role. Uh what because what, what I'm hearing here is that. It is the leadership, It is it is leadership tussle in the family. The family structure is built, you know, in this part of the world such that the manic heads it provides leadership for it. And even though there is joint leadership, somebody takes charge. But what happens when the woman now brings in more money? Does she automatically usurp the husband's role, you know, to become the leader of the family? And what kind of respect do you think should be accorded? to such female breadwinner in the family structure?
0: You know, I'm going to go back in history and time and I think all of you would agree that grandmothers, great grandmothers were major providers in the household. They were the ones who went to the farm, they were the ones who went and traded and that income raised many of our parents and made it possible for us to be where we are today so that did not affect how the dynamics of families are, because we've had an episode where we talked about the fact that more households are headed by women um, this is a no lives it is those women who are taking care of their children the majority of the time and also getting them to school If a man decides that, well, I've had enough and I can't work anymore and I'm struggling, it is the woman who picks up the pieces and carries on. So we've always respected our mothers. We've always respected our grandparents because we're all aware of the role that the grandmothers and great-grandmothers have played in society. And they continue to play that, albeit, in some cases, the contributions are not monetarized. And I really emphasize that, because if we monetize the number of hours that women work outside of their regular jobs, whether they're trading, whether they're in an office, they will earn more than men. Um, so, Naomi, I'm wondering where this idea has come
4: from um, mm-hmm. about, um, less of a partnership more of a patriarchal situation in the home I am of the opinion that in time memorial it was always a partnership although a man goes and chooses a wife um, even in our tradition, <laughs> a man does choose who he wants to live with and as Dr. Amma said you know, the women did go to the farm to work um, the men too went you know to hunt and things like that uh, bring in the game the yeah, or whatever it is but the reality is I think it's always been a partnership and I think it is the new Christendom a new wave of Christianity because the way the Africans have taken the Christianity even in the Methodist or the Catholic and all these other churches are very different from the way the Christians are here it is a partnership here
2: I don't know which Christendom you're referring to, but it's a partnership it's here a too, Mr.
4: Yeah, it's of the family, but it's not all the subjugation, subjugation that we get in Africa, whereby uh, you uh, know, uh, don't go and get a master's degree or you won't find a husband. Uh, you know, don't, uh, you won't, You know, uh, if, you won't earn, <laughs> if you earn more than this, don't tell your husband. Oh, you should have a house here. Don't tell him more. Oh, you know, all this hide your money business. You know, no, it's not like that because you know you're coming with open hands. You see so yes. you bring whatever you and you're an asset if you have more you don't choose your spouse based on what they have materially you don't choose your partner based on what they have materially so there isn't this force of you must submit or you must hand over your paycheck i think it's illegal here to do that nifemi for anybody to expect Listen. their paycheck to be handed over Joint accounts are encouraged, you know, so the home, there's a kitty where Nifemi, Nifemi and his wife, Mr. and Mrs. Ogutoye, will put their money in and then decide whether they're going to get new furniture, whether they're going to change their children's schools or go on holiday. But whereby it's only Nifemi making those decisions, which I hope is not the case, Nifemi, that you're the only one making the decisions on all the money. <laughs> that would be a nice you need position.
2: to meet my wife, then you will know that I dare not to try that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i think that um, you know it works differently for different people we don't keep joint accounts for instance but you know i think you know families are supposed to be established on love you know the the there's this mutual responsibility of always putting each other first and i think that guides our spending and you know how we disperse our resources but one interesting data that i also found in the 2020 research that I shared with you earlier is perhaps um, the the way female breadwinners feel about what they do and how they thought their partners also felt about it. And I think that's where the big problem is. So they're saying some 55% said they felt independent. 46% were proud of their status. But 55% were burdened and crucially only uh, uh 35 felt appreciated so we seem to have a situation where even though the woman takes up the responsibility in cases where the man is disadvantaged maybe he just lost his job or it's, it's just um pure and applied you know irresponsibility we still see a situation where the woman is not well appreciated for what she does and I think that is key uh Mr Boy. you talk to us about why men for instance take would want to take advantage of this there are situations where men would willfully not look for jobs you know after losing one just because their wives have taken up responsibility for provision you know for schooling for accommodation and things like that
3: well it depends on the reason why they're in that situation in the first place if the man lost his job and he can't um get another job easily or if he's like um, miss Se said he's now turning to alcohol so he doesn't care anymore. it's a different situation in every household but I think why um, men might feel that way is because um, the woman is now they're not the men are not comfortable in that situation while well, the bills are getting paid, the children are going to school, Um, there's food on the table so who doesn't like to be comfortable do you understand what I mean so it's not the right situation but it might be they're getting too comfortable in that situation but also too are those men doing the um domestic chores or is it the wife goes to work and comes back and still does takes care of the children still cooks so what is the guy bringing to the table if he's There are many, well, we don't like to use housewife or house husband, so there are many domestic engineers, male and female. So what is he bringing to the table? If he's taking care of the home, the kids, and doing all the um, households, domestic. So he's also working, but not in an office environment. So what is the situation in each (laughs) room? And um, sometimes, too, he might not be able to get a job because of, he's overqualified or for some reason he's not being hired. So we have to look at that also. But I believe sometimes the guys are just comfortable and they're just sitting back and saying, for once, let me just relax and let somebody take care of that part of life.
2: It happens. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to relax. I'll be taken care of.
4: Yes. yes. Was uh, there was a... Yes. Um... A few months ago, I think I was asked by somebody um, whether it is true that uh, successful women um, are victims of domestic violence, that isn't it, you know, the lower classes or the the everyday workers, it is not something for the middle class or the working, you know, uh, the wage earners, that if a woman is successful, she cannot be um, violated. And I found this very shocking that um, people believe that people believe this falsehood that it's only um, women of lesser means that get violated, and this is not true. A lot of women that earn, a lot, you know, that earn or are the breadwinners in the family do get domestically abused because, again, the man feels this is my way of wielding power and authority. I can't talk to you anymore because you earn so much money. You know, this is the way to control you. This is the way to frighten you into doing what I want. This is the way to get money from you. Um, This is the way to control you. So we need to also look into that fact that um, maybe some of these women are are, are victims that are not, you know, Mr. Boyo coming out and saying um, how successful they are because of the fear of being lashed out at, lashed at. By the by, their partner or spouse. Uh,
2: Absolutely l- true. Let's, let's um, yes, let's drive this home now. Let's go ahead, doctor.
0: So we do know statistically, even though there's not much statistics in Nigeria, but we do know globally that the ratio of women who have, who are higher income earners or income earners and the level of um, violence that they do en- encounter is not drastically reduced um it's, it's quite high the difference is they don't speak about it they have elected not to speak about it because of the positions that they hold because that will affect their status within the community they do not want to be labeled as victims and of course in many cases they have projected this certain image of family unity and um, their husbands being the breadwinners and to use the phrase in Nigeria, the head of the family. And to to change that will bring shame to themselves, to their family and and the larger extended community. And it's the reason why so much violence that occurs in homes whether it's spousal abuse, whether it's incest, is hidden. It does occur, it occurs frequently, but it is sort of tabled for the sake of family unity and safety. Um, Meanwhile, they are absolutely miserable in their marriages. The, the, The only escape, for lack of a better word, they have is that they go to work. And during the time that they are at work, they, they, can, they can relax, they can do their work, they're recognized for their contributions. But once they get home, they know that the dynamics is going to change, that they're going to be in an abusive home where they're going to be ridiculed and insulted and um, on, until they get back in the car the next day and they drive off. And the only thing that the men tend to do is try to use money to appease them. But very often, or trinkets, But very often these are things that are purchased with a woman's money so it's like a double insult at the end of the day or these women are waiting for their husbands to go on holiday so that they can have a bit of a breather that is not the way to exist in a marriage or in a union or in a partnership marriage is a partnership should be a partnership everyone can collaborate and work together for the betterment of the unit which includes the children and I'm always concerned about children who grow up in these kinds of environments because they perpetrate what they see in their homes. So it is very often you hear the boys say, well, I, I'm supposed to be the breadwinner and I'm going to be the breadwinner. And yet they don't even have the skill set to go out and do that because they've grown up in a family where their mothers have been in charge and their fathers have sort of just laid back. So they end up in that kind of uh, uh, a situation and it perpetrates itself meanwhile the girls say well my mom took care of things and i am going to make sure that i can take care of myself and take care of my family should the need arise so we have to shift the paradigm and we have to recognize that regardless of who is earning as a unit we must work together and we don't have to devalue another human being because they're earning and we're not because it's a partnership collaboration engagement that is the most important thing within any family
2: absolutely we have to go down ladies and guys i almost said guys again i don't think that anyone should be you know should feel bad or should be um should feel embarrassed or guilty for any more or less whatever gender, as long as the other partner isn't taking advantage of it. But I'm just going to share this story that I'm privileged to know of, and then we'll wrap up. I used to know of this um, family where the woman earned, um, used to earn a lot more than the husband, maybe times 10 or times 20. And apparently she was the one providing, you know, she was the one building the house, buying the cars. But at the early stage of their marriage, she was very vulnerable, I mean, maybe, let me say, very ignorant. All of these properties were being purchased, you know, with the name of the man. You know, the usual thing to have done would be Mr. and Mrs. I mean, their names clearly stated, but she was blinded by whatever it is, maybe call it religious commitment or emotional attachment or trust of faith in her husband. So as we speak right now, they are no longer in talking terms. They're literally separated, but they still live together. And the woman is not, you know, as economically buoyant as she used to be. But now that she knows that the house where they live, that they built with their sweat, is in the husband's name. She stands no choice than to, you know, <laughs> live under the same, uh, uh, the same roof with the man. Because if she packs up now, I mean, she's going to profit literally everything. So as we begin to wrap up, Mr. Shorty talk to us about, you know, the the consciousness that every woman must have, particularly those who are now breadwinners, you know, not getting emotions into, uh, you know, their logical judgment, particularly in marriage.
4: Um, I I believe, thank you Nifemi. It's very, very important to have mentors. You know, I've said this on almost every uh, every program we've had. So it need not be your mother or your father. And this is one of the things PATIS stands for. Yes, it stands for paternity issues, but it's really about parenting and how we guide one another um, overcoming all the difficulties or any difficulties you may face. In a situation where a young lady is doing extremely well, I would never put a cap on what she should do I've heard many, many aunties advise, not just myself, other women, don't buy this, don't read this, don't do this, don't take this position because it is not becoming. You will not be uh, respected in your home. You will face a lot of challenges if you do this. I would tell the young ladies to follow their dreams, uh, to do what they feel they are entitled to do in a universal planet so to speak not to limit themselves to the cultural um ceilings created by maybe the cultures in nigeria and so on if you wish to study 20 phds you go ahead and do that if you wish to buy a car go ahead and do that i heard the other week one of um younger girls I know saying oh she's not going to buy a car because then it's harder to to you know settle down if she has a car because she's not going to buy a banger she has to buy a nice car and she's not going to settle down because how many men how many boys her age have that kind of car I would encourage her to to buy to enjoy her life you know tomorrow as we say is not promised Uh, you have to enjoy your life you have to live a positive life and you should you should go for it
2: Absolutely, Mr. I mean, that is important. I have a mentor who would say, if you're single and you're not buying a car because of a man, that means you're actually setting up to settle down with a lower grade of man, because if you're riding, you know, it's as big as your car is out, that, that will determine the kind of person and, and the kind of men that you're likely going to connect with. So, I mean, live your life like Mr. Shotiabini said. All right, let's have a final thought to Dr. Ama as a wrap up now
0: well you know my thoughts are this we are changing mindsets for a better global society and that is relevant to everyone male or female old or young um, straight gay or not doesn't really matter I am an advocate for knowing what is best for you so that you can live abundantly and that involves being knowledgeable about your finances being knowledgeable about what you need and desire to live and the goals that you set for yourself now of course when you get into a relationship and a long-term relationship then you need to look at how do i continue to maintain my goals and incorporate that of the other individual in your life but at no point in time should you reduce or negate the things that are important to you. Because as Ms. Tumenu mentioned, you only have one life and it is this life. And if this life means that you can afford yourself and those around you a certain lifestyle and carry it on and live fully, then you need to do that. And if it does change, whereby you have to pick up the pieces to maintain your your standard of living, or to or to incorporate the fact that your partner is no longer working, then you need to have that ability. But at no point in time should you negate your human rights or your rights to live fully, and your rights to engage with others and the and the world as a whole. So. Just live to your fullest and do not allow yourself to live in denial, in secrecy, or in a world of shame, just because you're earning more or you're doing better than expected.
2: Spot on, Spot on, Dr. Ama. So I'm hoping that um, someone picked one or two things in this conversation. When in love, please take your head along. Um, Ms. Shortabedo, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Ama, glad to have you here always. And Peter Almond Boyo, um, thank you so much for your contribution as well. Well, that's that's it for now. We'll be back next week with another promising one. I am Nifemi Kuntoye. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to Thinking Reimagined.
1: We invite you to subscribe to our podcast
0: and welcome your comments, insights, and learnings
1: as we we'll strive to transform our global society.
0: A change in mindset
1: engagement
0: collaboration dialogue awareness
1: and education thinking thinking, reimagined changing changing the mindset for a a better better global society. society